Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I am your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with me is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey there, Josh Lindsay. And, as always, our trusty, dusty, research extraordinaire, type on the keyboard guy, Jason Rugg. Hey there. I like how he says, hey there. Hey there. <laughs> okay. Like, Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> no, stick no. with hey there. Okay. <laughs> So we want to talk about, well, first of all, you were saying this podcast should be called How Not to Make a Documentary. Yeah, well, you were supposed to ask me, what did you learn this week? I'm getting to okay, that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what <laughs> I learned. I have learned 2,000 ways how not to make a documentary. Have you, have you seen that whole thing in National Treasure where uh, one of the greatest movies ever, National <laughs> Treasure? So great. Um, anyway, Riley Poole is, I love him in that movie, and he's explaining to Nicolas Cage about how he cannot steal the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence because of why, you know? Right. And Nicolas Cage is like, oh, yes, we can. And he uses Thomas Edison as an example. Basically, Thomas Edison says, I didn't fail. I learned how 2,000 ways how not to make a light bulb, but I only needed to find one to make the it The only work. problem was Thomas Edison, when he failed, he didn't go to jail. If Nicolas Cage failed, <laughs> he was going to jail for the rest of his life. That's true. He had a lot of hubris, didn't he? <laughs> yes. Well, I have learned 2,000 ways how not to make a documentary. Well, what's one thing you learned this week, Christian? Well, I just have one quick question for you. Oh. I said that a few minutes ago, and you were like, that's just crazy. Everybody says that. Like, oh. you, you were trying to tell me not to feel bad about... Yeah, that. everyone, yes. Okay, you're, you're explaining the, the dramas and the, uh, the hardships and the difficulties and all the things you've learned and making a film, and, and my response was, well, that's all filmmaking. I mean, that's any major project like that, whether it's writing a book or even writing music, putting an album together, you know, it's just, it's, it's a messy uphill battle and things always go wrong. And we had just, or I had just watched the documentary, uh, The Empire of Dreams, yeah. which is the story of making Star Wars. Okay. It's on Prime, Amazon Prime. You okay. Can watch this. I totally want to watch this. I've seen lots of clips and interviews that they show in this, but I've never watched this particular documentary from start to finish. And what's amazing is, is here's a guy who has proven himself a good filmmaker, George Lucas, and a studio decides to back him. A lot of people turn him down, but someone decided to back him. And everything that could go wrong, like one of the previous podcasts, you mentioned a hailstorm. That's yes, yes. Like they they go to some desert. What desert did they go to, Jason? Tunisia. Tunisia, and they had sandstorms and heat, like record sandstorms and record heat they've never had before in the middle of like day one. Yeah. From shooting this film, and everything you could think of that could go wrong went wrong. Everyone hated this film. The actors didn't even understand what the film was about. Uh, his friends didn't like the film. His friends told him it was stupid. <laughs> Being Brian De Palma and Steven Spielberg. Right, right. <laughs> you know, just those friends. Right. <laughs> That's funny. And it's just like, and then they somehow piece this together. And even when it's done, in the format that we know it, Today, even when it was done, people were like, we don't want to show us anyone. They put it at limited release, but somehow people wanted to see it. And it became the biggest movie of all time. And not every movie has, obviously has to become the biggest movie of all time, but it's just having some level of success after just this mess of a production. Yeah. But that's the point. It's not 
ever supposed to be easy. Right. And and there is no I mean I think that's one thing that Ken Burns said like there is no absolute roadmap. You talk to any documentary film producer and they're going to tell you a different way to do it. And there are so as many ways as there are people, there are different ways to do anything. Well, and that's just it. Anytime there's a successful whatever, then they interview those people. All of a sudden, they are the wise sage. Well, let me tell you, like as if they knew the whole time when <laughs> right. they were doing this, right. this is how it gets done. Right. They didn't know. They were flying by the seat of their pants. They, maybe they thought they knew, and it just worked out for whatever reason, right? Yeah. I and think, that, well, I was just going to say, the common traits is, between all those people of success, is that they got started and they kept going, right. which is what right. you've done. Yeah, that's exactly what Kim Burns said. I mean, I'll never forget watching that master class and in the very first, like, I just wept the whole time because <laughs> I couldn't stop crying because I was like, oh, my gosh, he gets me. He really gets me. Like, you know, totally. I was like, because basically he's like, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. The money raising is going to be terrible. You're going to fail a million times. Nobody can tell you what to do. You just have to do it. Um, you know, but if you have faith and if you don't quit, you will get it done. Right. And, and. That has been true so far, you know. I do think it's this – there is a certain hubris there or a desire to uh, – an overwhelming desire to, to tell a story. And, um, you know, but you just kind of jump in feet first thinking, I'll figure it out. And, you know, that is what I've done. And I have had – there are some rules, you know. Gosh, I knew I needed a camera and I know I'm going to need, <laughs> you know, right. some, some things. But for the most part, there's lots of different ways to arrive at the end of something. And, you know – and it's a constant learning process. So I have always considered myself an Indian guide, which is why I love doing this podcast, because I love sort of busting through the door, breaking down the walls, you know, finding out where all the hidden traps are, and then saying to people, hey, <laughs> don't go the way that I did. Don't do what I did. <laughs> don't step over there, because that's a mine that's going to blow up on but you. But in those moments, you don't always feel that way. You're not experiencing the pain of stepping on a mine being like, oh, I can't wait to tell people about this. You're like, why did I step on this mine? No, I, I honestly have always loved it. Like, truly. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to call you out. You, you even have a name for it. Your what? darkest moment of the soul. Uh, dark, yeah. Right. soul. dark yeah. night of the soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but look, I went into this. I went into this knowing I was going to have a dark night of the soul. I went into this knowing this was going to be the hardest thing I ever did. Yeah. I went into this knowing what it was going to cost my family and my friends and my bank account and my body. I went in knowing all of those things, and I chose to go into all of that knowing that it was going to – there were going to be terrible things that happened, and there have been. Like, I, I think we've had eight people lose people close to them during the making of this film. Well, but they didn't, it didn't happen because of the film. No, no, but I'm just saying that has a ripple effect. Oh, sure. Because then people are, are not able to work or they're emotionally in a difficult place. Like that alone is, was stuff that we had to carry and figure out. And, you know, it, it's hard. And people got sick at the worst times, mm -hmm. you know. And so I knew that's just life. And, right. and I, I do love being able to say, hey, look, this is what I learned. Like, I'm going to tell you something right now that I learned. Tell me. So I learned this week that the rights and clearances issues 
need to be considered (laughs) before you start making the film. Uh, You have to have a rights and clearances Bible that basically is what you give to the distributor that wants to license your film. Is this something you purchase or something you create? No, it's something you create. And basically, it's a demonstration that you own everything in the film, from music to sound effects to um, video clips to uh, photos to interviews. You have to have um, releases from everybody that's in the film. And... You either have to be, have those things given to you for free, you have to have created them yourself, or you have to have bought those rights for different things. And so you need to make sure that you're all buttoned up. And, you know, I have had this in the back of my mind. I did know this, quite frankly, but I was not – We I the difficulty was I was the producer, the director, the writer – you know, all of those different things. And a producer's job is to be the one making sure the paperwork is done. You have all of the, you know, everything signed. Every time anybody's on camera, they sign a release and they keep that in the Bible so you don't have to play catch up at the end. And I wasn't good about that. So I'm having to um, sort of go backwards. And yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. That's a big deal. And so part of the problem is, you know, I either have to pay somebody to do all of this work because that's going to be a lot of time researching the film and getting all the paperwork done, uh, or have to have a volunteer to do that. Um, and and sometimes things are going to be expensive. So we have some very precious archival footage in our film. It's Michelle de Valavier, who was uh, the owner of Breakcore Manor in 1944, and um, he only told the story about what happened on his farm one time. And it was filmed, and it is in the, um, you know, media house uh, of INA.fr in France. And they are not going to let that go lightly. They are going to charge us just for the festival rights alone. And that's another thing I learned. There are all types of rights you can buy. You can buy festival rights Mm. worldwide for 10 years. You can buy um, theatrical rights. You can buy um, them for 10 years, 20 years. The most you can buy them for is 30 years. And uh, But if I want – at the very, very max, if I wanted to buy – Two minutes and 38 seconds of Michelle de Valavier. It's going to cost me about $15,000. Fifteen? Mm-hmm. 15000 for 30 years usage. And that's not theatrical. That's, that's just, just festival? No, it's, it's streaming TV, DVD. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but that's, so that's in the film right now? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I'm out here raising money. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's another reason. That footage is not going to be cheap. And it's critical to our film. Yeah. We have to have it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's that. I learned that this week. <laughs> uh, I also learned um, that I probably should have thought through the festival rules and regulations before I began. Okay. Why is that? <laughs> um, well, because I think that it's really important for our film to be in the Cannes Film Festival. But I think I may have excluded us from it by all my public screenings. I don't know, Jason. What do you think? Tell me what you know about film festivals. So film festivals can be really tricky because they oftentimes will have rules that contradict each other. 
Uh, and on top of that, even just doing test screens and things like that can disqualify you because they want to be that premiere. They want to be the first place you can see it or they don't want anyone to be able to access it because that devalues it in their mind. They want to make it something that will pull people in even if they only have a special interest in that one thing. Like you would probably get people going to Cannes just to see your film because there are World War II buffs. Right. And they want that to be the exclusive offering of it. So having done things before can definitely damage that. Uh, but like we were talking about before, um, if you alter it enough that it was a test screening and it's changed considerably, you might still be able to get yeah, in. Yeah, that is what I – I mean, I started researching because that's going to be the next phase, right? So my desire would be we get this film where it's supposed to be, then we start – entering it into film festivals, it gets some notoriety and, you know, starts building momentum and people hear about it. Um, so, of course, can would be on my list because, you know, of course. They're incredible. They're incredible. It's in <laughs> France. You know, you would think we would do well there. Um, and I thought that if we weren't charging admission for our screenings, we'd be cool. But then when I looked it up this week, um, you know, I mean, the rules are really stringent. And if you, uh, I mean, I'm going to have to dig more into it, but um, they do put in there, they understand you use the, what I'm doing is not unheard of. Using the film to raise more funds to finish it is the way it's done. And whether it's partially or pieces of it or the whole thing, um, people have learned, you know, you really shouldn't charge for those things. And you, and sometimes if you don't charge, then that you're clear. But other times, even if you give tickets and you don't charge, um, you know, it disqualifies you. So the lesson this week was if you plan on entering film festivals, you better figure out which film festivals you want to enter. You better look at those rules before you start doing anything with your film publicly. All these things you have to think of before you start. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Need, someone should write a book. And I'm sure there are many out there. Hmm. Yes, in fact, I know there are many out there. I was suggesting <laughs> you so write people book. need to and, read a book. <laughs> and, 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 and also, you know, the thing is, I, uh, I'm sure there are many of people out here that already knew this besides me, but I'm just a first-time filmmaker, and I'm learning these <laughs> things the hard way, so you don't have to. Well, whatever happens, I mean, it's already a great story. I mean, you've, ma you've, bas you've made the film. You know, the, in my mind, the hardest part is done. Now, there's other battles to fight and hills to climb and so forth, yeah. but like... Like, to have gotten this far is incredible. And so now, to me, in my mind, and I don't know where your mind is, but it's just this is almost the fun part of how far can we take this, right? Yeah. Because the film's done, more or less. But now it's like, how many people can see this? How can we, yeah. you know, like, wrap this up? How can we, um, you know, the, the people who volunteered, how can we get them all paid and happy and, da -da, you know, like really support yes. my team, that kind of stuff, right? Like I would give anything to pay the people that work for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I'm going to start saving my own personal money to give them um, – <laughs> They're probably listening to this. No, don't say that. Don't I want to give them. I want to give them a bonus for Christmas. <laughs> no, I just, I just, you know, they just give their time, and I just hate it that I cannot 
pay them. I, that's yeah. that's a really hard part for me. Oh, sure. Is that I can't pay the people that are well. You can't pay them at the moment. Right, right, right. I mean, the hope the hope is the the it, this is my vision in the way that it kind of should go. We're raising the money now to finish the film, to buy the rights, you know, to, to enter festivals, and then once it's licensed to a distributor, then. We pay off the debt that we're carrying, and right now, we between my partner Terry John and I, we have about fifty thousand dollars worth of debt on the project. So we pay off of all of that, and then we begin paying our bills. So we have some bills that are out there that we need to pay. Then we can pay our people, um, and after all of that is done, you know, then we. You know, share the profit if there is any to right. be shared, <laughs> which I can't fathom that ever happening. But you know, you never know. Well, hey, we are out of time, but thank you for sharing with us what you have learned. Yes, there'll be more of that to come, I'm sure. So, anyway, thank you everyone for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell, and you can be the one to tell it. Yes, you can. 